Um, I can be concise with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So which is a rare thing for me, but so we're back and we're recording. We are back a year later, a year later. Oops. Hey, you're listening to Sip Happens, a podcast hosted by me, Claire, and my good friend, Kendall. It's a place for women who value growth and meaningful conversations. Grab your favorite drink and pull up a seat as we discuss anything from mental health and nutrition to wine and art journaling. We know that some of the best conversations happen over a good drink. We hope that ours encourage you to create spaces like these in your life with your friends. So come sip with us. Don't worry, I won't do that throughout the whole time. What are you <laughs> what are you sipping? Okay, so today I actually have two beverages. I have a <laughs> don't laugh. I have a coffee um with almond milk. Wow, coffee hazelnut. I know I'll probably be wired, but um, you know, just trying to feel alert for this new recording. Um, so I have almond milk creamer and coconut whipped cream on top with cinnamon that made me feel like a barista and then I have a strawberry banana body armor so I mean I'm basically an athlete um oh so (laughs) you know they're really it's a it's a it's it's called a super drink for superior hydration Steven drinks them so I'm drinking one right now and it's making me feel um actually I do like them if I'm being serious it's like it has coconut water electrolytes antioxidants and b vitamins but it has like hardly any sugar so it's a way to feel like you have a juice with flavor that's not loaded with sugar so Mm -hmm. um it's pretty good it does make me feel sportsy when I drink it I'm not gonna lie yeah you are basically an athlete now so I walked you know part of my street yesterday so look out those of you who don't know me I don't hardly like walking anywhere so the fact that I have walked a short distance recently was um a pretty big deal for me so on your way to the Olympics yeah stay tuned I'm coming for the medals oh my god shut up I know we're gonna need to edit some of these things I'm a little bit rusty. Um, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Malbec from Aldi. It's from Argentina, mm. though. So yum. Yeah, it's actually really good. So I was wanting like a a spicy drink, uh, adult drink. Um, and Matt was asking me if I want the wanted the Aldi knockoff White Claws. And I mm-hmm. first I was like, yes. And then I was like, you know, I haven't had wine in a minute. Well, mm-hmm. okay, in a minute. Wait, we didn't a week. have a week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I had wine at your house, but I haven't had wine in my house in like months. So yeah, true. Okay, that's, a, that's what I meant by <laughs> a week. <laughs> um, but anyway, it happens. It happens. 
So today we decided we're going to talk about mental health and Christianity, Mm -hmm. um, mostly because, I mean, we talk about it all the time and it's whenever we talk about it, we're like, oh, we should record an episode about this. Um, So here we are doing what we said. And we had, before we started recording, I had said maybe it was a good idea for us to kind of give our church background and our mental health background so did you want to go first sure yeah so um my church background was I was raised Catholic um so I went to Catholic church and Catholic school all the way through high school um and then I would say when I was after college when I was 23 was when I decided to go the non-denominational church route so as of now, that is like how I practice Christianity is the non-denominational approach. And then um, my background for in terms of mental health is I am a licensed mental health counselor and an art therapist. So, um, I mean, obviously that means I went to school for it and I'm currently practicing as um, an art therapist and mental health counselor in an elementary school. So... For those people that maybe don't know, what, okay, so a mental health counselor, does that mean you are a therapist or is the art therapy thing like a separate title? Good question. No, so the, my degree is a dual degree. So it's both in mental health counseling and art therapy. So to be an art therapist now, you also need to have the mental health background because they are connected. So you can't really practice art therapy without also being a mental health counselor. So is a mental health counselor the same thing as a therapist? Like, could you say I'm a therapist or do you have to say I'm an art therapist? Uh, Are you, can you rephrase that? I don't know what you mean. Like, I hear people say like, I'm a therapist. Does that mean they're a mental health counselor or are those two different things? Um, They could be. So like if they're, you can have your, your degree in social work and still be a therapist. So you can have your master's in clinical social work and still practice the same as like a licensed mental health counselor would. Um, Hmm. Honestly, like there's not a big difference between the two. So, um, I mean, I feel like the professions would argue that sometimes, but I really think it's like kind of similar to differentiating between denominations um in Christianity which is kind of ironic okay so I also grew up Catholic and then um I started going to like a youth group at like this he was a Baptist church when I was a senior in high school and then I went off to college and then I started going to a non-denominational church Um, And then I worked at a non-denominational church for almost five years, four and a half years. Um, And when I do like watch church online, because I haven't been going um, in the last year, I'll typically watch a non-denominational church. Um, But yeah, that's kind of my background. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I don't. This, I, well, I, I feel like these topics are. This is a big topic that we're starting to discuss. 
Yeah. Um, so I'll just start with some, I don't know, thought. okay, some thoughts, some trends, some things I've observed. Okay. So I don't know if this is a Catholic thing or a my family thing, but um, you can speak to your experience growing up Catholic, but I never knew that much about like mental health or therapy or counseling. I always kind of saw it in a negative light when I was growing up. Um, but when I went away to college, I started struggling with mental health and our college actually offered like, I don't know if it was free or if it was like a cheaper service or something like a counselor. And I went like a couple times and I didn't keep going consistently because I was like a college student and I didn't understand how it could have helped if I just went um, on a consistent basis. But a couple of times I did go, it actually really helped me um, see that therapy was a good thing and not something that you have to do because you're quote unquote insane or crazy. Those are words that were always used uh, when I was a kid. Like that's kind of like what I associated it with. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I grew up, like I said, I I experienced it. And then um, when I was working at my job at the church, I started getting a lot of really bad anxiety and just I think just the pressures of like my job just really got to me and I started going to um, a counselor for like an OCD spectrum disorder that I have and that was really helpful and then um, my husband and I actually have been in quote-unquote counseling and this is a great segue quote-unquote counseling since we were dating just to help with communication um But as someone who wasn't familiar with counseling in college or when I was younger and didn't experience it until college, I didn't know that there was different kinds of counseling and then that there's counseling in the church that technically isn't actually counseling Mm -hmm. in, in the like mental health, like professional sphere, Mm -hmm. sphere, um, And so I got a counselor that was employed by the church. um, And I didn't realize later that she was like not a therapist. Like I thought she was a therapist, which Mm -hmm. maybe you can speak to why that's actually important and how that can be like kind of detrimental. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, because you know what I'm talking about, right? I do know. Yeah. I feel like it's like the difference between like, so in my high school, we had a guidance counselor, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was like our counselor, you know, I mean, we didn't have a therapist on staff or at, at all. So that is someone that you could go to for guidance, okay? She didn't have any sort of degree in mental health counseling or anything like that. I would say that that's essentially what the church often does when they have a quote unquote counselor is it's essentially like a mentor type of person Mm -hmm. or a guidance person that people are going to for guidance, which can sometimes lead to deeper issues that would be better left 
addressed by a trained professional in the mental health field. Because when you tap into some of those like emotional issues that maybe you and Matt or whoever was going to therapy, like as a couple to address prior to either like, you know, getting married, engaged, whatever it may be. If you're tapping into not you, but anybody that's doing this yeah. past trauma, like from the child childhood trauma or family trauma, then you're going to hit on some deep things that the counselor who's from the church, if they not, they are not trained, are not going to know how to address. And so if they don't have the, um, let's see, self-awareness to be able to refer out once they realize that it's something that's above their scope of practice, then they're doing a disservice to the people that they're helping because they're tapping into some stuff, opening it up, and then not having the training to know how to properly handle it. So that is how I could see it becoming a problem. Yeah. And I think you touched on something because I don't think they would say that they don't know how to handle it. And I think that's the problem. They think Mm -hmm. they do, but they don't. In my experience, I, in non-denominational church, I see more of a acceptance of like almost like an emotional counseling like a mentorship Mm -hmm. type thing like helping you get through stuff like support motivation that kind of thing like you brought up trauma and the science of what that does to your physical brain yeah I I don't think the church whether they don't understand it don't know it haven't taken the time to accept it um, and I had like a, an aha moment in college. I took a class called um, religion and trauma. Mm. And we actually like studied like the brain. So neuroscience and what it does to the brain and then how coping strategies and the coping strategy we were looking at was organized religion in the form mm. of like prayer, meditation, stuff like that, how that actually affects the brain like heals it or affects the brain also um and that's when I had a moment of like okay as someone who believes in like a higher power god this god higher power created our brains to respond to trauma in a way that that serves us in a moment helping us to get through it whether like like a trauma response like Mm -hmm. of your body and you can talk professional terms of that but no yeah um, you're you're saying it right Mm -hmm. um but I just think that it was, it was so interesting because I would bring it up to other Christians that I knew, whether it was in my family or just in my church of like, wow, like God created our brains this way and how like trauma, what it does to our brain. And then what prayer specifically prayer uh, does to help like heal it and help us Mm -hmm. feel like grounded and connected and like comforted by something outside of ourselves. And they accepted that they accepted like, oh yeah, God would do something like that. But when it comes to someone experiencing trauma and how they interact in their day, like how it affects like literally everything about their, their life, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh no, like they, they can't make that connection. It's like, oh no, you just have to not be selfish. You just have to choose joy. You just have to pray through it. Here we go. They're touching on something that I just, I wanted to speak to, too. Okay. Okay, So like, I think that that is um, where it's good intentions. And it's also when you, okay, let me try to be, 
Let me think. Okay, so the the counselors from the church, right? Mm-hmm. I think because they are a part of the church, their solution, I think, often is, you know, back it up with scripture, back it up with prayer, back it up with all. That. I think that's important, but it's very, very, very important if, that you are having a combination of faith, Jesus, and also therapy, because it's unrealistic. And, and this could sound controversial depending on your belief system, but sometimes it is unrealistic to think that God's just going to magically make all of your past trauma go away by prayer. Well, I yeah, think that prayer is helpful and I yeah. think that that's great, but it doesn't, you, you are the one praying and I understand that God is part of that prayer with you, but you also need to work through it. And that's what you do in therapy because therapy is a lot of times work like it's not easy mm-hmm. so you have to be kind of willing to go there and address some of the maybe toxic habits that you've developed as a response to trauma that were maybe serving you in one season that are now causing you to operate in survival mode when you're no longer in danger yeah and I think for people who maybe have a hard time understanding it a mental health counselor or a therapist is this is essentially you can parallel it to someone who's like a doctor and works on like the physical body and you okay so say you have a heart attack you're going to call an ambulance and go to the hospital and probably get emergency surgery if it's bad mm-hmm. you're you would literally like I don't know a Christian that wouldn't call an ambulance and would just sit there and go we're going to pray through this <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Like, well, it's Wait, funny. It's what funny. Was that church player that like oh, tried to pray that I, girl back to life. Bethel, don't even Bethel. get me started on freaking Bethel. Mm, Bethel. I, if you're a Christian listening to this, and I, I've literally talked to Christians who love Bethel, and they have great worship music. Whatever, mm-hmm. they're they're very talented. <laughs> just just go to YouTube. Do me just do me the pleasure of going to YouTube and looking up. Bethel grave sucking. Olive, what's her name? Olive. DM me or something. DM me. Okay, that's a whole different issue. Yeah, we won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're like, oh, Bethel's a good, church. just look up Bethel grave sucking. They're weird, okay? And yeah. they, like Kendall brought this up, they were trying to like raise this girl back to life. All this stuff. Homegirl like, had been dead for days. I'm sorry. Just barrier. This is it's time to let go. I yeah that well we talked about it when it was happening we were like this is like from a mental health perspective like this is not this is not a good this is not illusions idea of grandeur (laughs) okay (laughs) moving on just a reminder that I have had wine so I am oh and I'm on coffee which is essentially the same thing so great (laughs) um but anyway so like the example I'm giving is like if you're if you're a Christian and somebody you know has a heart attack, you're gonna call an ambulance and they're gonna come and take him to the hospital, give him medicine, do whatever they I don't know why I'm saying he. I feel like men have heart girls probably have heart attacks too. It was definitely but, a guy. Had to have been. Um, but it but somehow we can't see mental health that way. Like yeah. and, and you go into heart, you don't not have a heart surgery, you go into heart surgery and you pray also. Mm-hmm, like correct. we're not we're not saying like don't pray don't like have yeah 
scriptures or motivational sayings or whatever it is for you don't meditate like we're not saying you just need both you just need both it's okay to need both yeah I mean and this is what is mind-blowing it's like God created our bodies Mm -hmm. so like wouldn't we want to take care of them by like learning how the brain works learning how the brain responds to the experience of we experiences we've been through whether it's positive or negative like mm-hmm. and so I just I don't know I I just see a lot of glossing over and there's this connection between like toxic positivity and Christianity I see yeah. it a lot in like the MLM multi-level marketing world a lot of Christians are in multi-level marketing and there's a lot of toxic positivity like choose joy choose just choose to be happy and like as someone who struggles with anxiety and I've never been a clinically diagnosed depression but I felt really really even just feeling like really really sad mm-hmm. it like some days you just don't you you physically like can't you you can't choose to be yeah. happy yeah you can choose to like get up and live your life anyway but like you feel what you feel mm-hmm. it, and that's, that's true like you feel what you feel <laughs> like you can't well it's like with cognitive behavioral therapy like even on the because your behaviors and your thoughts are so connected like with someone with depression like you're doing what's called cognitive behavioral therapy and you're having them to choose to do a behavior that they don't feel like doing even when they're feeling sad or depressed or all that so you may have someone could be going through the motions of doing what they're supposed to like Mm -hmm. taking a shower and not be happy so they're choosing the behavior that they know they have to engage in to be able to survive and like you know make a living and all that but it doesn't mean that they're choosing joy and they're not happy in that moment they're striving but it's like it's not as simple as being like I'm just gonna be happy even though I don't feel like it today so yeah you can't just choose joy in the moment like it's just not that simple Mm -hmm. um especially with somebody struggling with thoughts like that yeah and while I don't know I I I know there's a lot about mental health that a lot of Christians don't understand and I don't know if it's this concern about science like believing in science not being biblical or something but like I don't know why a lot of times like science and bible are seen as like enemies when yeah like if you believe in a higher power that created these things then he created the brain to respond certain like I actually think it's kind of cool as someone who believes in a god that he would create our brains to respond so let me figure out, because I think about this all the time. He would create our brains to respond in a way that serves us in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then and then have a value of having grace with one another. And I think about this all the time and how those two things come together, because like you never know what someone's been through. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you never know what trauma someone is. And you never know if that trauma is affecting how they're acting. Yeah. So like that's why he tells us to have grace for one another like yeah and Mm -hmm. it's like it's just mind-blowing to me that people don't see those connections 
Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's because it's like we we get it's in a way we get it, we're supposed to be present, right? But sometimes being present makes you not consider the past, and I think that you have to find a balance between um, making excuses for people to the point where you allow them to treat you poorly and like having grace and acknowledging that maybe it's not about you. Um, So what can you do? uh, I don't know, to respond in a way that's having grace with someone that might be kind of rude. Yeah, it's not like it's not like you're allowing them to treat you that way, but like it just gives you insight into why they're acting the way they're acting, why like or even just insight in the fact that you may not know why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, And I know I know mental health is misunderstood because of an experience I had in a small group, and I've told you about this. Yes. (laughs) Um this girl at the small group I was at her dad was going through a manic episode Episode. yeah polar he's bipolar and um she was sharing about like how she was struggling and how it was hard and she just has to not ignore him but just like understand that like she can't help him right now Mm -hmm. and like just just being vulnerable with the group right and every and this is this is a moment where I I wanted to like punch this other girl in the face because she literally goes well you just have to understand that Jesus is your rock and with Jesus I don't even know like she just like went off on this tangent of like you just have to trust that he's your rock Mm -hmm. and the girl's like I know that like I'm just telling you that this is hard she's like like I could see on her face she was like what the hell (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I literally cut the girl off and I was like all right well what we're not gonna do is like yeah brush over I was like I'm sorry that you're going through this it sucks and I was like I don't really have any verses for you other than that this is just like really shitty and I'm sorry (laughs) yeah and like that to me was such a prime example of how we like brush over it like, right. oh, you just have to try it's like okay did I say I wasn't trusting like yeah no I didn't it just this sucks and I'm it's allowed to suck like like I hear you <laughs> yeah it's like brushing it's, it's it feels insulting <laughs> you know what I mean it's almost like okay you clearly don't understand and I think that that's like uh, maybe her her intentions were probably good I'm but then sure. it's it just it just seems like okay you're so naive you don't know what you're saying like just stop yeah. so it does come off naive and i mm-hmm. and i know like if someone may not agree with this but like intentions i think are important mm-hmm. when you're reconciling with someone to know their intentions but as someone who doesn't, as someone whose intentions are misinterpreted, you need to accept that your intentions, while they were good, excuse me, I had wine and now I'm hiccuping, while they were good, um, 
they weren't received well and you still need to apologize and like yeah be held accountable for that like okay you had great intentions however <laughs> yeah um which is another thing I see a lot in like the Christian sphere of like well, and my intention, I said like, okay, yeah, I, I know your intentions were good, but like you weren't intentionally, to me, it's like you weren't intentionally thinking critically about, like, I just feel like if that girl had taken two seconds to think before she just like spewed some like Christianese like phrase, that's just like a band-aid. Right. Yeah, I don't know if I'm making any sense. I know you are. I'm just thinking because I, you know, just as we, as we talk, I hear it. And then I think of all these things that branch off of that, I you know? know, and so I'm trying to stick and be concise with <laughs> well, this, but can, like, you can go off on a tangent. Well, I just, okay. So I think that just goes back to your intentions are going to like, ugh, okay it comes back to like privilege and like what you're surrounded with. You know what I mean? Because her intentions were really good and she probably thought that was really helpful. But the reason it wasn't was because she's unaware of all that goes into it. So it's like, she was really naive because in her world, that Mm -hmm. might've been a good answer. But but we're so caught up in our own reality sometimes in our own bubble. And depending on what it is that you are exposed to or not exposed to is gonna be where your advice is coming from, right? And so then it's like, okay, so I have, it's like, we have to find a balance between like teaching people, having grace with them. And like, it's just so connected because this this girl, although she's speaking Christianese and we, to us, she seems like maybe without me trying to be polished, fake, annoying, surface, all those things that could come to mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, but at the same time, I got to think like, okay, you have to have, I have to have grace with her too because she might not know any better and not saying that not knowing any better is an excuse just like you were saying but um yeah no I think that's really good and I think that they're especially like we're 29 now so oh god we're so wise no but we I mean at one point I think I have probably been the one that had good intentions that was misunderstood or that was maybe still in the wrong mm-hmm. but my intentions truly were pure oh I definitely and have so, been that person yeah yeah and I, I know that I have and so maybe at a I was younger but I was still that person and so it's almost like I wouldn't want someone to come at me in a way that was gonna hurt me I want you to show me so as long as we are open yeah. people are open to seeing another way without us immediately getting hurt you know like then well I think then you we can learn something of like and I've told you like my phrase like the last two years has been like it's both yeah it's, it's both and I think mm-hmm. when when you said um mm-hmm. she was operating out of her experience mm-hmm. I think that that is I'm going to make a very general statement and just take it with a grain of salt. I feel like operating out of our own experience is what causes most conflict. Agreed. In the world. I agree. Because you're just operating out of what you know, what you like. Your perspective. Even even like Mm -hmm. culturally, like, and we Mm -hmm. see it, we see it when we go to another country and they don't see 
like in, I went on a trip somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but like red nail polish was like slutty. And so they were like, they were like, don't wear red nail polish. I'm wearing it right now. That's why I'm laughing. Oh, but like, that is such like a small thing. That's just like an example of like, yeah, you're just, they're operating out of their experience, which is red nail polish is slutty. So when I walk Mm -hmm. into their world, their experience, and I'm wearing red nail polish, I'm going to be received and perceived through their experience. Right. Not mine, which is red nail polish is just pretty because red is a pretty color. Like, Mm -hmm. Right. That is just like a small example of how. And I think it it comes back to like the mental health brain bring it back to mental health of like, again, we just don't know what people have been through and we're operating a lot of, even Christians operate under their Christian sphere when like your Christian experience is way different than my Christian experience. Right. And while that's encouraging for that girl, that is not encouraging for me because like I said, it's both. Yeah. I know Jesus is my rock. However, this situation is still happening and it's still really shitty. And I, I, Jesus can be my rock and also it's shitty. Agreed. 100%. And I think that, I mean, we've touched on that in our other podcast episode before when we were talking about like being sincere and genuine and kind and like how sometimes in our experience of non-denominational services, it can, it can feel very like fake um manufactured yeah yeah okay there you go that's a good word manufactured yeah I've started um, using that word because fake people get so offended by fake they do it does it sounds rude so like manufactured like it's like a show it's like an act it's like what you're supposed to say almost so I mean even if they feel that's actually how they feel depending on the relationship that you have with the individual that you're saying certain things to it's not going to seem genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do have another episode about that because mm-hmm. I mean, it, it all comes back to, and I was going to say like relationship. Yeah. So like while those saying Jesus is your rock, I just feel like relationship and knowing someone, I was going to bring this up earlier and I forgot while I was talking. I mm-hmm. think I think more people need to say, I'm I'm sorry you're going through that. I don't know what to say, but I hear you. Mm -hmm. And like what you're feeling is valid. And instead of trying to fix it, because so many, like there's very few people on this planet where I would actually try to give very direct, specific advice to Mm -hmm. because I I believe and have this value of that it requires like relationship and understanding one, someone's experience, someone's life context to even Mm -hmm. give them, whether it's advice or inspiration, feedback, whatever. Um, And I think a lot of times in, in, in Christian small groups, people just kind of assume not that they know the person but they, they don't think about, oh, I don't actually know this person very well. I don't know their background. I don't know. I'm just going to throw this really cheesy phrase out there and hope it sticks. Right. 
Well, and it's like a lot of times people are repeating stuff that they've heard. Yep. And you can tell. Mm -hmm. So that's another way that it seems like a Band-Aid kind of thing. And like, I think that, I think that we need to be more okay with not necessarily, like you were saying, having the right thing to say or, or necessarily do, but maybe even just like ask if there's anything that you could do, because a lot of times you can't, but just like hearing that you're willing to, and, and besides praying for you, because it's almost like you reach a certain point where if everybody's a Christian here, right. We kind of all know that we're going to pray for each other. Right. Like, so there's only so much comfort you can get out of that. Knowing somebody's praying for you personally, is that I feel. So like, thank you. I appreciate that. But also like when you're told that a hundred different times, it starts to lose its effect. Maybe that's wrong to say, but that's sometimes how I feel. I don't think it's wrong, but like, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's wrong. And I lost my train of thought. I just have so many thoughts right now, like running through my head because this like Mm -hmm. feeds into so many other things of like, I was writing about this the other day, just about how when someone is sharing their experience, Mm -hmm. like in life, like we, so many people get defensive over their experience. Like if, if I'm just going to give an example of, this is very true. I know what you're saying. Because this is just something that is, a hot topic right now and I feel like a lot of people misunderstand it so if my friend Ashley is black and she shares how she's experienced racism with a with a white person named Monica and Monica instantly is like well I'm not I like they instantly feel like well I'm not racist well I my family's like they're instantly feel like they have to justify like it's almost like the collision of realities and truths people can't handle it like Ashley's life experience is that she's experienced racism and then Monica's life experience is that she's not racist and she feels like she needs to defend her life experience to Ashley rather than just like listening and the collisions of reality and truth is that what you just said yeah I like that and I know I I'm not really a fan of like what's your truth like speak your truth like I I I am a believer that there's like an ultimate truth like Mm -hmm. however mixed in with that everyone does have their own truth when it's their experience it's true I just, yeah. I feel like find it's your both. truth has become like so like <laughs> cheesy and I just hate that. It's both. No, like, it really has. It makes me cringe every time. It literally I makes, me, it makes me cringe. They're like, speak your truth. I'm like, okay, shut the fuck up. I don't want to like stop. Okay. <laughs> I feel the same way. But like, I mostly, I would rather, yeah, that, I think it's just become like a trendy thing to say, which makes me cringe. But I know. <laughs> Like why, like I've never felt like I needed to defend my life experience when someone shares theirs. That's good. And like, That's really good. I, I just can't, like, I've been ment- mentally just trying to like grasp like why 
it's it's the reason why we have phrases all lives matter not all men blue lives matter keep going like mm-hmm. is because when a black person says black lives matter people feel defensive black lives matter yeah. doesn't mean that nobody else that white lives <laughs> don't matter i've literally other i've never heard that phrase and been offended that's because you understand the meaning of it and you're not twisting it well like it's well what i'm saying is like i don't like our people we're, we're, we're really getting off on a date <laughs> it's hard not to I know, but everything is connected bringing it back to mental health of just like right 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 right. everyone has their own experience their own lens which they're seeing things through and when it comes to getting help for that I I just wish the church saw it as like a regular doctor and I and I really think it's because a lot of people like my husband was a pastor he never got formal training on psychology or how trauma affects the brain but like he was expected to like respond to and help families through all these traumatic things yes yeah and I I know someone who was forced to talk about her trauma by by a pastor I think because he wanted to help her but I'm like, you don't like, you're making it worse. Okay. I have, I want to say something. So I feel like this is something I've observed and uh, maybe I have been guilty of this too in my like teenage years. Well, people, I think I know what you're about to say and we were all guilty of it. Yes. People feel cool sometimes or like they connect with people when someone will trust them with like information like that so like deep dark secrets or deep past or like mm-hmm. they open up to you so a lot of people get off on like yeah. knowing that someone opened up to them you it's know like what I mean power trip. it is and it, I don't know that everyone's always aware that 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 they that it's doing something for them Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's doing more for them than it is for the person that they're trying to help. Yeah. So cool. They opened up to me. I'm glad you feel good about yourself that they opened up to you. But also, after that person up, opened up to you, how did that affect that person? And are they okay now still? Yeah. Because getting someone to be vulnerable with you, although you need to be vulnerable in order to connect and to have you know, you know, healthy relationships, like, don't do it with so many people to the point where you can't be able to maintain and continue the level of intimacy that you just tried to get from them, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. And also, every time you talk about something, you read your, your brain, well, you know, this, I'm saying this to people who are listening, mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. Re, you're literally reliving the situation and you're refeeling all the emotions over and over. Yeah. And honestly, if I'm going to be real, that's something I still have to be careful about because... Even with, like, just venting, you mean? No, like, like I have to be careful about... The, there's a lot... I, 
I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't sound like, oh, I'm, I'm the greatest, but there are quite a few people that feel comfortable opening up to me. You know what I mean? Well, it's also I, part of your personality. Correct. And like also the questions that I ask because of what I do for a living. And, yeah. and, and I've always been this way, even before I was a therapist, but like people do feel comfortable with me. And a lot of times I'm the type of person that I am. I'm hanging out with people in settings that often will allow for that level of connection and conversation because I don't really go to bars. I don't really go like to lots of like chaotic places. A lot of my hangouts are in one-on-one situations or in low-key settings that allow for more intimate conversations. That being said, I sometimes find out personal information quickly about a lot of different types of people and a lot of different people. And if they feel that maybe that was unique and special for them, which it, it isn't for me always. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's not to say that I'm not taking each individual um, opening up as you will. Seriously, I, I very much take it seriously. And I'm with you in that moment. But I have to be careful because like, I will leave and not necessarily think like, oh, now we're bonded for life forever, where someone else could take it that way. Well, you've also been trained to kind of have a separate life outside of, I feel like Correct. because of your, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So like, um, I can hear that information and then in, in a non-rude way, go on and then be in the next hour, do something totally unrelated and be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Not always, but. I'm trying to think. I had another thought and I, I lost it. I got distracted because Cash is sleeping on the floor (laughs) intentionally in a position where he can't see me. Cash is her bunny, if anyone doesn't know. Oh, yeah. He's pissed. We haven't recorded since you've had him. Oh, yeah. I forgot. He's pissed. Isn't that crazy? I picked him up earlier. Oh, no. He is sitting so he can't see me at all, which is what he does when he's angry. He's like, I don't see I got distracted because I noticed that he was sitting literally with his butt facing me, which he never does. Yeah. Um, gosh, it was such a good thought too. And I can't remember. Oh, oh, I remember what it was. When you said people get off on having people open up to them. Mm -hmm. This is something that I struggle with not being on staff at a church anymore and understanding how churches work. Um, I found myself feeling and saying, I don't want to be there when, let me explain that. I don't want to be there when. Yeah. Okay. So when I was on staff, we would have like meetings and we would share, we wouldn't share like names or anything. We would just share Mm -hmm. stories of like, Mm -hmm. so-and-so like, so-and-so was not attending church, her I'm just giving like a random example. This is not anyone. I'm just making this up as I go. Um, so Molly's parents are divorced and, and she uh, was drinking a lot, but now she's been coming to church and um, attending a youth group. And, um, and she said that she's been reading her Bible every day. And um, I've been praying with her on Tuesdays and she feels like she's getting better. 
And like, I always felt like those meetings was just like a brag and people getting off on, on like, and I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be negative. Like I understand like sharing wins and like people's stories is important, but there is a fine line between sharing because it encourages people and getting off on being the person people go to. Mm -hmm. And because I'm so hyper aware of that, I like don't want to open up to any, like I stopped, we stopped going to the church that we were attending here. And Matt's like, Matt's my husband. And he's been just saying like, oh, maybe we should like look for another church or like, do you want to go back to our, this other church we were attending? And all I can think of in my head is as soon as I walk through those doors, I'm going to be a name that is a win for somebody. They're going to get off on the fact that now I'm back. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. No, it does. It does. It makes sense. Like, oh, they they had this horrible experience here and they were treated horribly, but now they're back and that's a win. I don't want to be your effing win. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm not your win. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know why. I don't know why that just I mean, like, yeah. I I mean. What? (laughs) uh, We're recording, though, but I mean. Your pride is showing. Oh, I know. I know it's my, I know it's a pride issue. And I know, you know, but it's also an issue of like, I don't want anyone to get off on my horrible experience now turning into a good one. I don't want them to think like, I don't, I don't want them to think it's because of them. And if anyone's listening to this, that I used to work with at a church, like I'm sure people would be like, oh, we never thought it was because of us. It's like, okay, let's be just honest here for a second. Mm-hmm. Pastors and people that work for a church do feel a little bit holier than thou. I have, I can't speak to that because I'm not, I have no experience. Well, I just think it's, being there. I think even as a therapist, you can mm-hmm. probably agree that there's really unhealthy therapists out there that just see themselves as the solution and everyone comes to me and I fix everybody, but they're unwilling to do the work themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like maybe that's Mm -hmm. a better way to explain. No, it definitely does. I'm here to fix everyone's problems and everyone comes to me and it's just like a power trip. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. When people Um, are vulnerable. Go ahead. I was just going to say, when people are vulnerable with you, like on a regular basis, you do feel like there's a sense of like power that comes with that. And a lot of people don't want to talk about that, but. No, there I is. I don't there know. Maybe is. I'll cut this part out if I sound like I'm being a horrible person. But... No, no, you don't sound like you're being horrible. Also, we're not. We're just being this. The podcast is us being honest with how we think and feel. Yeah, so, this like, is like how we would have a conversation maybe with a little bit more curse words from me <laughs> I can't speak for Kendall um no, it's true. yeah I, just, I think that's true yeah um I think I I think I think a lot of things um 
Well, if no. you want to wrap it up, if you want to do some closing thoughts, we've been talking for almost an hour. Oh, geez. This is what happens. We have, we got to record more often so that we don't do this. Okay. Um, I'll try to be, have some closing thoughts. Um, I think that you're right. Um, definitely. I do think that even sometimes as a therapist, some of the stuff that does keep me going as a therapist is being able to see little wins and victories in progress because when I feel like I'm making a difference, it motivates me. And I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that it's okay to need that. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to need to feel like you are impacting people and making a difference and you're not bad for wanting some sort of recognition. But, but don't become a white savior. Correct. And don't become <laughs> any level of savior. You know what I mean? No matter what your race is, because it, although it is way more common in white people, just because of the plethora of reasons, it can stretch out among like anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think just like staying, trying to check yourself and staying like humble, not in like, oh my God, you can't be acknowledged for anything, but like check your intentions because they're always going to sometimes not be 100% pure ever, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, half the time, right, I say half the time, that's really dramatic. Sometimes I just want the tea. Like, like in what situation? Like sometimes I just want to know the tea. Like, like drama? The, the drama. It for In church? No, just like with people sharing what they're going through with me. I'm like, yeah, let me just. Oh, well, 100%. Well, so, I'm just like agreeing with you. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's not always. And then sometimes. Pure. Yeah, right. Like sometimes I'm just curious. Like mm-hmm. if you want to share it, tell me, cool, but I'm not going to fix it for you. <laughs> but okay I guess mental health in the church we just wish I I don't know I to kind of close it out I feel like one thing that's lacking in any any sort of training when it comes to being a leader in a community whether like a Christian community is what we're specifically talking about but a community that deals with people in some of their most vulnerable states is understanding mental health and how it actually affects the brain and like when you should point to a professional and Mm -hmm. just because you're a pastor does not mean you should be counseling someone through trauma so there's that Mm -hmm. it's not always just choose joy okay (laughs) that's the tweet that's the end. Sometimes it's choose a therapist. Choose a th- Sometimes <laughs> it's wow. Okay, I'm looking at my tattoo. Has yours like fully healed yet? Ladies and gentlemen, Claire's brain when she's drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> or just whenever. Yeah, but even more so. <laughs> I know. It's actually a miracle I even had a, a like cohesive thought during this entire thing. I think my tattoo, by the way, listeners, since we know you love about hearing about all the intricacies of our lives, yeah, we yeah, got friendship tattoos. We, we have followers. 
like six of them um maybe three by now we lost a few um so (laughs) (laughs) um we got friendship tattoos a week ago about a week ago so um we won't go into that because it's not really important but anyway that's what oh my god we're gonna have to do a lot of clipping by we i I mean yeah i'm gonna say me (laughs) you're gonna have to do a lot of anyway we we promise we're gonna record more if you are new maybe i'll add this to the beginning Um, yeah this, this podcast is us just kind of having candid conversation almost like we would if you weren't listening because we think it's really important i think i have an intro I yeah, know. you do. But mm. we think it's really important for you to hear conversations that maybe aren't polished or curated and just kind of yeah. raw. And maybe I said some things that were wrong. Maybe Kendall said some things that were wrong, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. And not likely, but oh <laughs> <laughs> but having the conversation, even if you say some incorrect things, is better than not. So hundred no, percent. I agree. I agree. Anyway, thanks for joining us on the Sip Happens podcast. Peace. Thanks for listening. You can keep up with us on Instagram at Sip Happens Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or invite them to join you for our next episode. See you next time on the Sip Happens podcast.